All right, so today is September 12th, 2022. Summer's over, we just got back. Um, I think one of our last podcasts that we did about a month ago, we talked about valuations coming down. What are you currently seeing? Have things changed? Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of down rounds. I've definitely seen companies that thought that they were going to raise at a much higher valuation have to like bring down their valuation expectations. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been interesting. So instead of seeing down rounds, the thing that's kind of surprised me is the number of deals with a lot of structure on them, specifically warrants. So yeah, so for our audience that doesn't know what a down round is, what I mean by that is like, let's say you raise money at a $100 million valuation last year when like valuations were at all time highs. And then this year, you know, you need to raise more money, but like, you know, valuations have come down a lot. Even if your business is performing and hitting plan, like just valuations in general have come down a lot. And so if you need to raise more money, investors are looking at your business and they're like, well, you know, given the current market environment, we're going to pay less for your business than we than investors did a year ago. And so you have this like down round in valuation. And the problem with that is is several fold. So one is signals to um, other investors like it's a red flag, right? Like it signals like something must be going wrong. Uh, the other thing is that your options for your employees are typically priced uh, to the valuation of your last round. And so any of the employees you hired over the last year, all of the strike prices for their options are going to be pretty high. They may be immediately underwater. And then all of a sudden, those options are worthless in their mind, right? And so it's like, well, if I'm going to leave now, now's a good time because my options are worthless, right? So there, there I mean, there's, you know, and then it's one of those things, too, that it's a red flag. It always stays with you, right? Like every investor going forward is going to look at your like transaction history and they'll be like, well, why did they have this down round? And then there's questions and you're explaining. And anytime you're explaining, you're kind of losing, right? So, so anyways, to avoid all of those negative things with down rounds, what's been interesting is entrepreneurs and investors are saying, okay, let's do a flat round or, or maybe like a minor increase in valuation. But then the way that we're going to adjust it on paper is we're going to issue warrant coverage alongside the purchase of stock in our company to investors. And uh, for those of you who don't know, a warrant is basically like an option, but you know, more towards invest more for investors than employees. And what that means is like it's a right to buy uh, shares at some future date at a, set a, price. at a set price today, mm -hmm. right? And that price could be the price of the round at which you're investing, right? So if you're raising at a dollar a share, it could be like, hey, you know, for every every dollar you put into this company, we will give you another warrant to buy another dollar worth of worth of shares in the company in the future for a dollar. But it also could be this this thing called penny warrants. And a penny warrant is basically the ability to buy one of, you know, a share of stock in the company at a future date for a penny because you have to be able to pay something. Uh, you can't just give them away for free because that would invoke all kinds of like tax issues. And so what what ends up happening is these entrepreneurs go out and they're like, OK, our company's worth one hundred million dollars, but then we're going to issue like 20 percent warrant coverage and that warrant coverage will be like penny warrants. 
And so really like the valuation implied is like 20% lower uh, when you when you run all the math, right? Because I'm, I'm getting an extra 20 shares. I just don't get them yet because mm-hmm. of these warrants, right? And I only exercise the warrants if, you know, in the future they're actually worth something. So I don't know. I, I just think it's really interesting that how many how many founders are doing this, or where is this the most common? Is it like later stage companies or Series A doing this? So I was talking to this other kind of growth stage, late stage investor, and he was like, "We're not seeing like good deals right now," and I think what's happening is the good deals are getting funded by the insiders who don't want to take a down round because as a venture fund, when you take a down round, then you got to go back to your LPs and you got to like explain. Right. Why, you know, why that company that you were all excited about last year and really deserved that super high valuation is no longer worth that. Right. Um, And again, anytime you're explaining, you're losing. And so there, you know, for the companies that are really strong, that are doing really well, that, you know, maybe don't need a ton of cash or, or what have you those ones aren't going to market. They're just getting funded internally by, by the venture funds that are already in. And so what you're left with are the companies that need the money. They're in a tight spot. You know, maybe like performance has been okay, but it hasn't been amazing. You know, whatever the case may be, like they're just okay companies. And I think those are the ones that are all uh, doing this warrant coverage. I think if you're not doing well, you're toast. And uh, and those companies are out there trying to raise, and I, and I think they're going to have a really tough time. Uh, they are having a really tough time, and, and I think a lot of them will go out of business. But a lot of this is just the market. So is this would this create a problem? Is this just kicking the can further down the road? What do you mean? So if your real valuation should be say eighty million, mm-hmm. but in your last valuation was like say ninety million, and you're mm-hmm. trying to raise at a hundred million, that's a fairly large gap to to catch up with at some point. At some point. It's going to. I mean, you. growing from like eighty to hundred million is not a big deal, right? I mean, companies in terms of valuation, but like the bigger issue is like, let's say you're worth in today's market like a, I don't know, a hundred million, but last round was like two hundred million, mm-hmm. right? Then the argument is like, hey, give us enough money that we can actually grow into that two hundred million dollar valuation. Buy us enough run, you know, buy us enough runway that we can get there. Um, and you know, look, if you, if you grow revenues and you perform, you can get to those higher valuations. They just take time and and money. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you participated in one of these deals where you're offering warrants as part of the round? Um, let me think about that. Not yet, (laughs) but potentially, but we've looked at several. Yeah. Where, where's the genesis of this idea coming from? I don't know that it's like an old idea per se. You know, warrant coverage has always been around. I mean, we one of the best deals we did. Innoventures did a lot with warrants. Yeah, it, yeah. Innoventures did because they were they were a debt, debt fund, yeah, debt basically, with right? Mm-hmm. And they would use warrant coverage as a as a kicker for equity. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank does a lot of that. There's a lot of venture debt funds that do that. So, um, yeah, warrants aren't anything new. I think. I think a lot of it is just like, hey, these entrepreneurs are saying, hey, we really don't want to take a down round because there's all these negative things that go with it. Can we come up with a structure that works? And on and, and, and investors are like, I need to get my cost basis down lower, right, in order for this investment to make sense. And so if you throw in some warrant coverage, we'll give you the valuation you want. 
And then, you know, if we decide to exercise our warrants in the future at some future date because you're performing well, then, you know, that's a win for everybody and you just take some more dilution. Um, but it's not a big deal. We did a deal like this in the prior, in our first fund in a company that, uh, you know, was in an, in an industry that was unloved at the time. And, uh, and they were giving 100% warrant coverage, which it wasn't a penny warrant. It was just normal warrant coverage. So, you know, you know, we bought, you know, you, you buy a million dollars worth of stock in the company. And then at some future date, you could buy another million at that same price that you'd paid uh, several years before. And that, that ended up performing really, really well for us again, because it was, you know, to the extent that value investing actually exists in VC, it was like one of those opportunities to say like, Hey, this is an undervalued asset. And then they're given some structure and some incentives and, and, uh, but the rest of the business is doing really well. It's just like this broader macro environment that's, that's working against them. Uh, and so that's why I made the bet and, uh, ended up paying off. But I would say more often than not, anytime you're adding like tons of structure, it's, it's kind of a red flag that the company's in a, not a great spot. So yeah. is this a short-term play or a long-term play? Or do you think this, this fad will, will disappear in one to five years? No, nah, I think it'll, I think it'll disappear. I think this is a singular moment in time. Why not just not have warrants and just say, Hey, this is the market. And cause you're taking a down round, right? And then that comes with all those negative things I talked somewhere, about earlier. Someone has to get hit somewhere. So yeah. But you know, if there's, is there a way to do it to save face? I mean, that's ultimately what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. They're taking the down round from a dilution perspective, mm -hmm. just not from a, a pure valuation perspective. Okay. I don't know. This is, I just think it's super interesting because True. if you were fundraising right now, would you, which option would you go? Would you go for a down round or would you do have some sort of structured warrant as part of the, the deal? And I, yeah, that's a good question. I think I would probably take the warrant structure okay. because I think you ultimately get to the same place, but you're able to tell a better story okay. externally. Are there any other mechanisms besides warrant coverage that are popping up right now due uh, to market? The other thing that you're starting to see more and more is um, bumps in liquidation preference. Okay. So liquidation preferences when the company goes, you know, gets acquired and it gets acquired for less money than the last round so valuation let, let, let's give everyone an example because they don't know what a liquidation preference is say i've got a company that sells for 10 million and i raised a million and investors took 10 percent yep the liquidation preference means if it's a 1x liquidation preference it means that investors that put in a million get a million out there's nine million left and then they have their 10 percent. they take 10 percent of their nine million let's say they have a 3x liquidation preference which would be considered high um, in that case in the same deal they would take the first 3 million off the table. There would be 7 million left. Then they would take 10% of that 7 million. So that that's correct for what's called participating preferred or okay. uh, yeah, participating preferred liquidation preference, wherein the investor doesn't have to choose um, between converting into common or staying preferred in order to get their ownership percentage. Um, that's not, that kind of has fallen out of favor. You're still seeing mm -hmm. that occasionally pop up. Um, uh, mostly what's common is non-participating mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. preferred, wherein the investor has to choose between getting their ownership percentage or getting their money back. And that's the more kind of entrepreneur okay. favorable term. So in your example, the company sells for 10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. You own 10%, so you're going to get a million either way, right? Mm -hmm. What's more interesting is the company sells for $5 million. Your 10% would be worth 500K, but because you have this 1x liquidation preference, you get a million dollars back, and that leaves $4 million for the entrepreneurs to to In your non-participating preferred. In the non-participating. And then the flip side is the company sells for $20 million, and you now have this choice of do I get my million dollars back or do I convert to common and I take my ownership percentage, which would be 10%, 2 million bucks. I mean, that's obvious, right? You're going to take, mm-hmm. you're going to convert and take the 2 million. But what we're seeing is there, there's a slight increase in participating preferred, right? Okay. Your uh, get your cake and eat it too, as I like to call it, um, preference, because you get your money back and you get your ownership percentage. Um and you're also starting to see a bump up from just kind of one X to two, three, so forth. And really it's investors saying, hey, look, you know, maybe we'll give you a valuation that's a little bit high, but we really want to protect our downside. Okay. And so if things don't pan out and things, you know. So you're saying in non-participating <laughs> liquidation preferences, they're taking a two to three X multiple. In some cases, yeah. What, what was industry standard, maybe not like the last year when everything was bloated, but like kind of, you know, the average for the last five years? I mean, average for the last five years, you know, we've been, I mean, really for the last 10 years, we've been on this like ever increasing entrepreneur friendly terms uh, trend. And so, you know, a quote unquote clean entrepreneur friendly term sheet was a one X non non participating preferred. Okay. Liquidation preference. And right now you're seeing two to three X non participating. Some cases. I wouldn't say across the board. Okay. Some cases. Like ten percent or less or what? Oh, these are just companies that were going to have down rounds. So they're trying to figure out how to protect. Yeah. Down rounds, flat rounds, yeah. But if you're not having a down round, you're probably not seeing these at all. Probably not. I think a lot of, I mean, what's tricky is, you know, you're looking at companies that are getting funded internally uh, by insiders. And so, you know, you're not always seeing what those terms are. In some cases, they're just doing convertible notes or safes to basically kick the can down to ro- the road, give them some more runway and hope that they grow into a valuation that's equal or above the last round. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing more bridge loans? Uh, yeah, for sure. A lot more safes and bridges. Yeah. But those are tough. I mean, you still have a lot of have to have a lot of conviction because nobody wants to be invested in a bridge to nowhere. So. All right. I don't know. If you were an entrepreneur, what would you take? Would you take the warrants? Would you take a lot of structure? Would you I think every lay most, lay off most of your employees and try to get to profitability? What what would you do? Um, assuming you could raise, I'm assuming that most people would want to have a continued positive round number. Yeah. And that way it would set a tone with the employees. You can still look awesome when you get featured in a tech crunch. Yep. So that's probably where I would go. I think to, I think it's hard for people to take the poison pill yeah. or the hard dose of reality. Yeah. But do you think they should? In the perfect world, I would. Yeah. But I don't think we live in the perfect world. And if yeah. I was raising and I was in that scenario, I'd probably try to kick the can or not have some down round. Yeah. I'll tell you the one thing that I think is interesting is 
Uh, a lot of the VCs I know have a lot of free time on their hands these days because <laughs> they're like, they're kind of sitting on their hands, right? They're, they're like, you know, I'm not really deploying any, any capital in these markets because I don't know where valuations are going to end up and things are risky. And probably the biggest issue is I need to conserve cash for my, my current portfolio in case they need more money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that all of those things like, you know, gets them to pull back on, on new investments, uh, resulting in, especially on a comparative basis to last year where like VCs were working overtime to get deals done. Um, not doing quite as much, which has been kind of an interesting thing to watch, especially this summer. I mean, there's so many people going on vacation and you know, mm-hmm. I saw a meme on that today and I thought it was hilarious. How do VCs spend their day? Yeah. And what, what did it say? I was trying to find it on Twitter. I can't find it real fast, but it was basically, it's like, uh, uh, watching the on podcast for the first 90 minutes, um, <laughs> take kids to school. They have one meeting scheduled lunch break. Yep. You know, app, send, send like five emails, you know, re- call it good, you know, self-reflection period. <laughs> it's five thirty on personal time. <laughs> send three emails to tell their com- their portfolio companies to uh, just hang on there, <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it'd be a tricky time deploying capital. Yeah. But, you know, look, I think a lot of them are going to be back to market because so many funds raised so much money last year that has not been deployed. So, And then that money's got a clock ticking on it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they can hold off for probably about a year before they got to really kind of buckle down and start deploying. Are they waiting for, around, for price rounds to drop even more? I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think really what they're looking for is stability. Okay. When does stability happen in venture capital land? When does it happen? I mean, I think when you, when the IPO market reopens, you probably have some stability. When does Peter think that will be? Oof. I don't know. I could see companies start to go out, probably not in like a super meaningful way, but, but, you know, kind of start in sometime next year. Okay. So like, probably six, like, probably like 12 months from now, 12 months. Okay. I was going to guess like six months. So you're saying 12 months. Yeah. I think 12 months. I feel like we got another shoe to drop here. Okay. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things going on in the geopolitical environment that, you know, oh, we'll see. Then we have again. We've got elections coming up, and who knows what will happen with stability then? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. This was the Venture Capital Podcast. Go to www.venturecapital.fm and make sure you subscribe to this channel. Leave comments below. We'd love to be able to answer your questions. Thanks, guys. Thanks.